Why has it been so hot at baseball games lately? Probably because there isn't a fan at the place. <laughs> Good afternoon and welcome to the podcast. I'm Nick Drago. Bad puns aside, we are going to talk sports today with special guest Tim Nunzig, who's going to discuss a messy situation happening in Barcelona. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just hitting it with these puns. Plus, we got to talk all about the NBA and the players' meetings that went down this week and how we got to this point now where the season is being played. And we'll talk a little bit of hockey and baseball on top of that. Stick with us, friends, because sports, sports, sports starts now. Welcome, welcome to the Sports, Sports, Sports Podcast with me, your host, Nick Drago. For those of you that are new to the show, welcome to my humble abode. My set looks terrible. It's because we haven't really jazzed it up yet. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, if you like what you hear on the show today, you can find me on SoundCloud, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. You can also uh, email me directly at sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. Oh. Joining me for the show today is my good pal, soccer slash association football expert, Timothy Nunzig, a.k.a. Agent Timoteo Brown Bear. Timmy, how are we doing? Doing very well. It is a pleasure to be on the Sports Sports Sports. Yes, it is. Very, a very pleasurable pleasure to, to behold, indeed. Uh, Tim, Tim here is an expert when it comes to kicking round balls with feet. Uh, which is why we're bringing him on the show today. But he's going to help us talk about some other sports stuff as we go along as well. Did you have a good weekend, Tim? I had a pretty good weekend. Yeah. yeah pretty good sports weekend, too. Plenty to talk about, for sure. Oh, absolutely. I'm glad there were sports. We almost didn't have those this week. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, protests going on. So that's actually where we're going to start the show today. So the biggest news coming out of the entire week was the Milwaukee Bucks refusing to take the floor on Wednesday, Uh due to some new uh, issues happening in the world of social justice and uh, making a stand for the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and so because of that, the Bucks decided not to play, and thus every other team decided not to play. Uh, and the players ended up holding a meeting. So this is where all the crazy drama came in this week. So there's a big meeting. Uh, all the players were in attendance, most of the players, everyone who was in the bubble. And uh, they, they essentially had a vote or try to determine what should we do? Should we cancel the season? Should we keep going? And uh, the only two teams that really wanted to cancel the season were the Lakers and the Clippers. Uh, apparently LeBron James really tried to throw his weight around and it didn't sit well with some of the younger guys who aren't making millions of dollars off of Nike slave labor. Um, actually, my favorite part was Patrick Beverly on the Clippers. Uh, who was talking? Let's see. So, so the head of the NBA Players Union was uh, discussing numbers and figures and, and what the financial blow would be to the players if they didn't play. And so during her talk, Patrick Beverly chimed in and, and uh, was arguing with her. And when she asked him if, if she could continue the presentation, he said, no, I pay your salary. <laughs> so, <laughs> some humorous moments. I love Patrick Beverly. He's hilarious. Yeah. The NBA has a lot of characters. They just kind of say whatever they're feeling in those press conferences. And it's a, uh, it's definitely entertaining. Mm. And actually, was, uh, who was it? George Hill, I think last night who was asked why he wasn't present for the national anthem. And he, he said that his pregame ritual is uh, using the toilet to put it kindly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really didn't need to know that part. Okay. Oh, now the whole world knows. So, so not only does he not stand for the national anthem, which is fine, but he decides to sit on the toilet during the national. That's like a whole new level of, of low or disrespect. I don't know what you want to call it. That's, that's actually really funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, they might he's, well sitting, just, he's not kneeling. So yeah, you know. they should just wheel like a Porter potty into the middle. of <laughs> Like <laughs> all the players will be in line. He's on uh, with the bucks. Yeah. All the players on the bucks are in line. And then there's just a Porter potty with George Hill inside. He'll emerge <laughs> from it as soon as he's done taking a grumper. 
Yeah. No pressure, though. There's no one in the stands. No, no. no. That's true. That's true. Well, apparently the uh, NBA's uh, viewership is down big time uh, recently, and so nobody's really watching them on TV either, apparently. But uh, I think he was he was one of the big names uh, really pushing uh, – who pushed the Bucks not to play. He was like the veteran in the locker room. And a lot of players were ticked off, you know, him being a veteran and, and you know, pushing this on, on some of the younger guys um, that they didn't – nobody on the Bucks texted or, or reached out to any other uh, league officials or, or any other players to let them know they were doing this. They just went ahead and did it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think uh, a couple of players are spurned about that. It's just some things to like look at going forward. Um, so the season ended up did they did play and a couple of scores from this weekend. The Bucks ended up beating the Magic one eighteen to one hundred four, winning their series four to one. On uh, on Saturday, the Rockets beat the Thunder one fourteen to eighty. Houston leads that series now three to two. The Trailblazers fell to the Lakers one thirty one to one twenty two. Could it be Carmelo Anthony's last game for Portland? I don't know. I don't that know. Could be. Is he, you know what he he's finally found a niche again in the league. He's not a role. Pl- I mean, he's a, he's a role player, but he's not like the guy anymore. Yeah, his career has kind of gotten a second win, so you know they seem happy with him. So I guess you can't rule out another season. Yeah, I think he wants to play at least one more. I think he's got two more in the tank. Maybe you know he's not going to be great. And when you look all time in points, as far as current players go, he's number two um, behind LeBron, and I think he's just under like Tim Duncan at like fifteenth, twentieth all time. I, I don't remember the specific number there. Yeah. Yeah, so he he's uh, he's up there. Clippers they got a win over the Mavericks, one eleven to ninety seven. They win their series four to two. And then tonight we got the Nuggies and the Jazz. That game's at eight thirty. The Utah Jazz is ahead three two in this series. Something I would not have expected. I really thought the Nuggets would uh, would be the team to beat, but uh, no, the Jazz came out pretty pretty quick on top. Uh, and then the East, you know, the Celtics and rapper, rapper, the rappers, the mm. rapper. Well, you know, Drake's going to be there for the Raptors. Yes. <laughs> uh, they had their first game today, 112 to 94, going to the Celtics. And it was a pretty cool game, actually. Um, of course, Tatum had 21 points. Marcus Smart had 21. Uh, really, everyone in the uh, starting five was in the double digits. So good game all around. And then the Heat and Bucks, they play game one tomorrow. So uh, exciting things happening, at least in the East. They're already on the next round. Yeah, I saw an article today that I think seven out of 15 ESPN experts predicted that the Heat would beat the Bucks this round. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. I like the Bucks. I just, without, beyond, beyond uh, Giannis, you know, they, I just don't think they have the team to do it. I actually really like what the heat have done. They're young. Um, They have some veteran talent in Jimmy Butler. They have some newer faces on the team, but they're coming together nicely. And uh, I really like, really like what they're doing. Yeah. They came out of the shutdown playing well and Mm -hmm. the bucks lean very heavily on Giannis. So if there's any sort of, you know, injury or he starts struggling, then right. Won't have too much else. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? Before we move on, the, the other big news this week was the uh, 76ers uh, fired their coach, um, Brett Brown. A lot of people over here in Philadelphia are happy about it because he was terrible. <laughs> they, were, they were comparing – I was listening to, uh, to a conversation comparing like Brett Brown to uh, – who's the Celtics coach? Um, Brad Stevens. And – what they were saying is that when, um, when the Celtics lose a major player on their team, Gordon Hayward's a great example. When they lose a player like Gordon Hayward, what do they do? They change up the scheme. Now, granted, the Celtics have a much well, more well-rounded roster, but they can change up their scheme pretty quickly. When Ben Simmons went down for the Sixers, there was no pl- no play calling. There was no scheme. It was get the ball to him, beat or bust. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And when you play basketball that way with no strategy at all, you're going to get burned. 
Absolutely. You got to have fluidity. You got to have adaptability. Mm -hmm. So the process is, is officially dead, I think, in Philadelphia. <laughs> and now they're just going to try to win. I, I mean, I, I don't even know. I think they're going to hold on to the two young guys they have. I know Jason Kidd's name was thrown out there, but uh, I wouldn't trust him with a young team. Look at what he did with the Bucks. Just saying. And he had Giannis. They couldn't do anything. No. <laughs> All right, we can move into hockey now, Tim. Uh, let's see here. Oh, the Coyotes. You know, the Coyotes lost. They had to forfeit a second-round pick this year and a first-round pick next year. Yeah. Um, because what was the story? They were, they were doing – they violated the league's rule on uh, combine testing. Um, yeah, I don't really know the details. I know it was something about they, they violated testing protocols somehow – I don't know the full story on that, but it was a mm -hmm. pretty hefty penalty they had to pay. You know, it, it, what really stinks is that they already don't have a first-round pick this year because of the Taylor Hall trade. Oh, that's um, right. So now they don't have a first or second-round pick this year, and they lost a first-round pick next year. And uh, I think Barrett Hayton is the only Coyotes draft pick since 2017 to play in the NHL. Yikes. That's bad. That's really bad. Not taking advantage of their picks at all. No, they're just wildly mismanaged. Yeah, he's, he's, the, he's the only draft pick since 2017 to play in the NHL, and he's only the third since 2016 to play in the NHL. And the other two in, include uh, Keller and... Ch Oh, God. How do you say that name? Chichiran? Chichiron? I don't know. Sounds good to me. Yeah, let's go with that. You know, sometimes those names are uh, – they're a challenge, Timothy, yep. especially the hockey names. Uh, a couple of games from this weekend. There are only three so far this weekend. There's two upcoming tonight. This should be exciting. Uh, Lightning beat the Bruins 3-1 to one yesterday, and now they lead their series 3-1. to one. The Islanders beat the Flyers again, three to one. And that is a shocking uh, series so far. They have another game tonight. Very excited to see what happens next in that series. Any uh, thoughts on that one? The Islanders have been playing well. They've got a solid roster of young, energetic guys. They've, they've got trots. That's, that's the whole yeah. difference for them. You know, they yeah. have two solid goalies that they can interchange you know, they're very tough defensively. It, it's funny. I actually, <laughs> last week I accidentally called Barry Trotz uh, Bruce Boudreaux because I kept thinking about terrible Capitals, uh, terrible Washington Capitals uh, coaches. And so I, I think I called him Bruce Boudreaux like three times last week. <laughs> so I'm very sorry, Barry. Very sorry. Yeah, he's, he's definitely an it factor for that team, for sure. Yeah, especially against the Capitals. You could tell that he just knew exactly what the game plan had to be and yeah. decimated them. I'm always happy when the Capitals lose. I'm always <laughs> I know I'll be happy when that. the Flyers lose too. If I don't know, I got to say, this is like the first time in, uh, well, it was the first time the Islanders have, have looked this good since 1993. I think the last times they made it very f to the third round of the playoffs, uh, they'd upset the, uh, the Penguins in 93 to move on. They lost in the first round last year, right? Um, no, they beat the Penguins in the first round last year. They swept the Penguins last year in the first round with Robin Lehner as the goalie. And then okay. they were swept in turn by, I want to say Carolina. I think you're right. Yeah, I think Carolina mm -hmm. swept them last year. Uh, that's right. Yeah, and then Carolina was then in turn swept by the Bruins. And the Bruins ended up in the series in the in the uh, NHL playoffs. NHL playoffs. I was like, I was like, this is crazy. Like, and then I remember talking I, during during the the finals right before the, it started. I was talking to somebody who is a Bruins fan, and I was like, "Huh? If you follow that trend, I think it means the Bruins are going to get swept in the finals." <laughs> <laughs> it didn't happen. I mean, you know, terrible loss, but uh, yeah. it did not happen. So. Uh, let's see the other games from this weekend. The Golden Knights. I freaking love the Golden Knights. They're ahead two to one over the Canucks. And then uh, tonight's games: the Avalanche and Stars. Dallas currently leads that series 
two to one. You also have Islanders Flyers again tonight. And oh, and there's three games today. Golden Knights and Canucks play again tonight as well. So uh, that'll be exciting to see. Full slate. Full slate. All right, baseball time. Let's talk baseball. Uh, the trade deadline, Timothy. It's coming. It's going to be here very soon. And uh, we've already had a couple good trades so far today. I don't think anyone's anything's happened in the last 40 minutes since I last looked. But uh, Colorado got uh, Michael Givens from Baltimore. They also got uh, the Orioles got uh, Taryn Vavra, Tyler Nevin, and a player to be named later. Uh, Jose Martinez is heading over to Chicago from Tampa Bay. Tampa got two players in that deal. San Diego got Mitch Moreland from the Red Sox. Red Sox in turn uh, got Hudson Potts and Jace. God, how do you say that? Jason Rosario. Tommy Malone heading over to Atlanta from Baltimore as well. The, the Orioles are selling right now, which I'm surprised because they're playing pretty well. Got a lot of young guys on that team. Maybe yeah, they've been surprising. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens over the next uh, couple couple hours. You know, the trade deadline does end tomorrow, so you never really know. I think the latest rumors I was hearing uh, was that the Padres were going to acquire uh, Jason Castro from the Angels. Um, yeah, the Padres see. are going for it. I, I believe they also got uh, Rosenthal from the Royals. The they reliever. did. They He's going to fill Rosenthal, in as their closer right? now, most likely. Um, they're going all in. Yeah, and, and you know what? They're also uh, they're also interested in Lance Lynn as well from the Dodgers. I don't know uh, what his availability is, but uh, that's the um, that's the story. And I got to say, the the Padres. Oh, the Padres have a decent young team. Where are they in the standings? Let's see. They're in second place. They're not far behind the Dodgers, five games back. No, and um, they've made up a lot of ground the past you know week or so. Yeah. They've been tearing the ball. Right now, I mean, there's only, what, a month left in the season. They're maybe less. Is it three weeks or is it a month? Uh, no, I think it's a month. Just about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they're, they're five games back. They would absolutely be in the wild card spot right now. Um, or the season to end. And uh, and you have Manny Machado, who he's he's not really hitting for average, but he's getting a lot of um, – he, he's hitting he's hitting in the uh, sabermetric realm very well. Yeah. He's getting he, on base. He's been playing well. Last year, his first season with the Padres, he was good, but not Machado standards. Now this mm-hmm. year, he's getting back to his old self. And yep. Tatis Jr. right now is looking like the NL MVP. Yeah. So yeah. between the two of them – They've got a good shot. What's funny is that I wonder how things would have played out if this were a full season. Like, what you know, we're only seeing two months worth of what would normally be, uh, let's see, April, May, June, July, August, September, seven months. Is that right? No. April, May, June, July, August, September, six months. Six We'd months. normally be saying six months of these guys playing. Instead, we're just getting two. So mm-hmm. how much change would there be um, how we'd be looking at a full season versus a third of a season between these guys. I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting thought. I mean, with the Padres in particular, you figure they're, they're riding the Tatis train right now. He's carrying them. And when you have, you know, a two-week stretch like that where you're just hitting home runs every day, it seems like that's a big portion of the season now. Whereas the right. full season, maybe he hits like that for a while. It's a blip on the radar. Maybe he regresses for a while and slumps and then the team falls. Yeah, but you never know. You really don't. Um, let's take a look at the standings here. So the Rays are on top of the AL East, 24-11. and 11. Four games back from them are the Yankees, and four and a half back are the Blue Jays. Orioles and Red Sox are basically out of it. Uh, Indians and White Sox are actually tied for first in the AL Central, but only a game and a half ahead of the Twins, who I think last week were in first place. And, and just weird. And then the Athletics, they're ahead on the AL East uh, by two and a half games over the Astros. Yeah, last week it was like the Rays, the Twins, and the Athletics were your first place teams in the American League, which I never would have expected this year. I mean, usually usually they're fighting for wild card. The Astros, you know, the Indians, the Yankees, they're good, but they haven't really, like, found their stride yet this year. Mm-hmm. So, And, of course, the uh, Mariners, Rangers, and Angels are not having great seasons. Uh, In the NL, the Braves, of course, are on top. Phillies are only two games back from them. Marlins two and a half games back. That one's a surprise right there. Mets are only three and a half back, so they have a chance to catch up as well. Nationals are five and a half. Uh, In the NL Central, you have a bit of a log jam here. Cubs are on top at 20 and 14. 
three games, three and a half games back from them is the Cardinals. Then you got the Brewers, the Reds, and eh, the Pirates are probably out of it at this point. They usually are out of it altogether. <laughs> yeah, if this were like twenty something years, if this were like the All Star game, because we're halfway through the season, we can say uh, the Pirates are already basically out of it per per usual at this point. Right. And then you have the uh, the Dodgers, the Padres. Uh, like we said, Padres are only five back. And then you got the Rockies, 17-17, the Giants, and then the Diamond Box in Arizona. Um, so, listen, a lot can happen in these next few weeks. I mean, even some of these teams that are only eight, nine games back, sure, maybe they go on a tear. I doubt it. I don't really see the Royals going on a major – uh, binge here and beating up on on the Tigers, Twins, White Sox, and Indians, but you never know. Can't rule it out, but doesn't seem likely. No, probably not. Uh, moving into football, Carson Wentz. Did you hear this? No. He has suffered some kind of soft tissue injury during practice, so you know everyone's gonna lose their shit if he doesn't play again. Yeah. Well, not oh, wasting any time. God, I can't feel. I, I just. I feel so bad for this guy. They think it's it, it's minor. They're going to be cautious, but it's like finally has a full healthy season last year. First game, first game of the playoffs, first play, and bam, he goes down concussion. Like what? Yeah. So he's had tough luck, but the Eagles have made it clear that he's the franchise guy. They're building the team around him, so. Well, that's very true. However, they really like his backup. Um, oh my goodness, who's his backup? Um, let's just go to Eagles quarterbacks here. Who's the guy they drafted? Was it Jalen Hurts? They really like what they're seeing from Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. uh, which is good because the way Carson Wentz's career has gone so far. They need a good backup behind him. So hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully it doesn't matter and he can actually play. But it's helpful to know you got somebody good waiting in the wings. Uh, the Jags agreed to a trade with uh, the Vikings. Uh, they'll be sending Yannick Nagakoi. Uh, I think that's right. I don't even know. Uh, sending him over to the Vikings for a 2021 second round pick and a conditional 2022 fifth round pick. So that's definitely going to bolster things on defense for the, uh, for the Vikings. And we only got like a week until football, Tim. It's sneaking up real fast. I know. Timothy and I are uh, in a fantasy football league. Um, it is very fantastic and fantasiacal. So that's how I'd describe it. That's how I would describe it too, Timothy. Very fun. Very fun. So yeah, we have, it looks like we'll have a normal football season. I, w- I really didn't think that was going to happen. Like I thought they'd try to, I don't know, taper things down or whatever. Yeah. I, they're going to try it, but I'm, I'm, I'm still not convinced. I mean, you watch those games on TV with the amount of, you know, backups and other players and, medical personnel and trainers and coaches on those sidelines. Like it's a mob of people yeah. every single game. It's very it's different a, from any other sport. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, the thing that worries me. Okay. So in baseball, you have a positive test. Uh, who was it this week? Like the A's I think uh, had a positive test and they had to postpone their games. Mm. Um, okay. So we'll postpone for, um, a couple days, a week, two weeks, whatever we need to do and, and move things around. Sure, you know, they'll just have to go by win percentage by the end of the year instead. Can you do that with football? I don't know. You can't really, like, move games. Yeah, I don't think so. The The one thing that could play in their favor, though, is if there's a positive test, it's going to affect, what, one game, maybe two? Mm-hmm. You're not rescheduling an entire, you know, weekend series like you would be in baseball. You're not trying to squeeze in double headers there's probably a little more leeway for making up games when there's not too many makeups to be had. That's true. And, and, you know, they may end up to, you know, I'm sure they'll be very strict about contact tracing and, and figuring out who, you know, each player's interacted with. I don't think I've heard any cases of NFL players testing positive. Maybe I'm wrong about that though. Not that I can think of. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, 
NFL. It's really been just baseball. The, the NBA and NHL bubbles seem like they're working pretty well. Uh, no, but the Saints and Pelicans owner, Gail Benson, tested positive. So I'm sorry, Gail. Uh, here, Oh, here we go. Okay, so the Chicago Bears announced that nine members of their organization tested positive for coronavirus on Saturday, <clears throat> but all nine were later determined to be false positive results. So, and then, and then it's happened to the Jets. Ten players tested positive on the Jets, and they had to close down their training center. Wow. Uh, so they're actually looking into this. So there's a lot of false positives going around. Hmm. Um, and I, what I really wonder, so they can get test results pretty quickly. And because this is a major organization with millions of dollars to throw at it, they're going to have fairly quick results on these tests, just oh, yeah. like the NBA is doing. Plus you have that, um, the NBA, I know, I, I'm not sure if you heard, they were doing a study with Yale University um, that cr they created some kind of saliva-based COVID test that gives you very quick results, like within three hours, I think maybe wow. less. Um, so that's part of what the NBA has been doing to maintain cases within the bubble. But wow, I, I did not hear that. Yeah. I don't know if uh, NFL has really had, uh, I don't know if they've really had access to that or not. They haven't really said so something to look into. All right, Timothy, are you ready? I am ready. Are we sure? We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about football now. Oh boy, big so, news coming out of the sport. So Barcelona here is in a, a pretty messy situation. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> this is like the fourth time I've made that joke. It's going to be great. It's great. <laughs> um, tell me about it. Well, this is really something that's been kind of coming for a long time. You could see hints of it. Mm -hmm. It really kind of started when Barcelona sold Neymar. You know, they got, you know, I think it ended up being, you know, $244 million from that sale. And they've been trying to replace him ever since. And they keep spending big money on these players and it's not working out. And the club's been losing money. And a lot of people are turning the board of directors, which is probably true. They're making them out to be the scapegoat because they're losing all this money, losing all this money. And now what they're doing is they're trying to make up some of that money by basically selling off their better players and just trying to get cash just to kind of balance their own books. Mm. And it's a shame because, you know, you have Messi who's, you know, Barcelona's greatest player ever, probably the greatest player of all time. And you're, wa you're wasting the last couple of good years that he has left. They've got an aging team and they've been relying on the same guys for years and years and they've been successful. They're some of the best players that they've had, but, most of their roster now is over 30 years old and they just don't have the legs for it anymore. When you have players like that, they can still be valuable with their experience, but you need a mixture of youth in there to carry some of the load for them. You know, you look at Messi and he scored 31 goals this year for Barcelona. It's a really big number, but when you watch the games, he's not involved in the game constantly. He's got to kind of roam around and, you know, pick his spots and take his opportunities wisely. So he'll kind of drift around. And then as soon as he gets the ball, it's, you know, the messy right. magic kicks in and he does his thing. Right. But if he doesn't have the right people backing him up, you know, they can't get him the ball. So what you're seeing happen is where he was traditionally playing right wing and, you know, attacking the box and making those plays. Now he's got to come deeper and deeper towards midfield to get the ball. And if he's your most dangerous attacker, you don't want him all the way back in the middle of the field. You want him up there doing damage. So now they're, they're just relying on him so much to do all these things. And it got to a point where he can't do it anymore. And he doesn't want to waste the last couple of years. And he, he feels betrayed by the board because they're, they've got all the money in the world. I think they're the, the second most valuable soccer team behind Real Madrid <laughs> overall. And they're spending all this money on guys that just haven't panned out. Wow. Yeah. That's just, it's, it's crazy. What is he? He's 33 now. So he's 33 years old. Yeah. 33. And he's so got he... the whole, you know, controversy now is he's got another three years on his contract, but he had an opt out built in there where he could opt out and leave for free at the end of this season if he wanted to. So now he's trying to do that. But the whole discrepancy is 
you know, the traditional soccer contract runs through June and then ends. That's like the end of the, like the calendar year for soccer, I guess. So he's saying, you know, the season just ended a couple weeks ago because of the whole postponement and everything. Mm -hmm. The season just ended. I want to leave now. But what Barcelona is trying to say is, you know, look, based on the contract, you go year by year, that year ended in June. You would have had to opt out by June. So now the next season of the contract has already kicked in. You're in the next year. Right. So you can't opt out right now. Right. And, and uh, apparently he, he didn't show up to, uh, they were doing COVID testing and starting like preseason and, and whatnot. And he hasn't shown up for anything yet. No, no. I think today was the medical testing he was supposed to report for and he no showed it. Is there any historical precedence, like any players recently have done or tried to do a holdout like this for, for soccer? There are players that hold out a lot when they either, you know, want to move or they, mm-hmm. like Gareth Bale on Real Madrid is the, the biggest one right now. He's, he's been a great player, but he's had injury troubles the past couple seasons and he just hasn't been chosen for many games. So he's made it very public that he's happy to just, you know, train with the team, do what he has to do and take his paychecks. And then he spends the rest of his time golfing and doing whatever he wants. So he's <laughs> just kind of riding out his contract. He's, he's making a lot of money each year. And if they choose not to use him, that's their choice. That's crazy. So he doesn't, he, he's just hanging out and they're paying him to do it. Yeah, exactly. That's and hilarious. He's, he's, his contract is so expensive that they can't, they can't find any buyers for him. Nobody oh, can afford awesome. him. Wow. At his age, nobody's going to want to pay that much money for a guy who's probably going to be injured, going to be in and out of the team a lot. Yeah. So, so let's say, let's say somebody does buy Messi who, who a would have the capital to afford it. And B, like, does he get any say in that at all? Like, does he get to choose essentially where he wants to be? With his opt-out, he can, you know, if he opts out with whatever team he wants to, yeah. Yeah. So the deciding factor is going to be if he's opting out or if he has to be bought out. Because if he's opting out, he can leave for free. If it's determined that, you know, that opt-out period was in June and it's passed, then there's a buyout clause in his contract for 700 million euros. <laughs> so there's nobody in the world who can, you know, pay that amount for the full buyout clause. Right. So, so essentially, essentially if yeah, I, I assume the league has to make a ruling on this, if they rule that he's able to opt out and he opts out of his contract, he can go anywhere he wants. But if he doesn't and they, they tell him, no, you have to pay, you have to play for Barcelona. Nobody's going to have the capital to, afford him at this point pretty much i mean there are cases where a club will you know accept an offer lower than that buyout clause you know in good faith you know Mm -hmm. in this case if if they say you know you've you've been with us for 20 years you've broken all of our records you want to leave we'll honor your wish and we'll make it work right then that's one thing that's that's what barcelona is worried about really is they're they're on the verge of losing their greatest ever player and getting nothing in return Right. right so indications are that it could turn ugly if they're battling back and forth like this. And there are reports both ways. You know, some people are saying the way the contract is written, he's able to opt out now. Other people are saying that he would have needed to do so in June. So it's, it's kind of back and forth, but mm. regardless, there are only, you know, maybe three teams that have really come up as interested in bringing him in with, you know, the contract requirements and everything. And, the main one, the one that seems most likely is Manchester City. Right. Because they've, you know, they're another team that's got, you know, practically unlimited money. They've got his former manager, Pep Guardiola, mm-hmm. and their striker is Sergio Aguero, who's one of Messi's close friends from the Argentina national team. So it seems like that would be the perfect fit for him. <laughs> the pieces, pieces seem to be aligning on this, on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right. and what were the other, what other teams have like popped up, like any serious contenders beyond the other uh, ones don't have as much substance. Yeah. Uh, PSG came up. They're another team that has, you know, the money to spend it on just about whoever they want. They have right. Neymar there who previously played with Messi. They have a good relationship. That one's a little bit less likely though. And then the other one that came up, I don't know if there's much validity to it or if it's just, you know, people dreaming about the possibilities, but Juventus was. I knew you were going to say Juventus. No, of course. 
So I mean, that would be awesome. On the same team would be unbelievable. Yeah, that would be really cool. Ronaldo and uh, and Messi together. I don't think that could work though, right? Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, they're both going to want the ball. They're both going to want to score the right. goals. They're they're both the, used to being the go to guy on their team. So, right. are they going to be able to share that load? Who knows? <laughs> and uh, Ronaldo, Ronaldo's what thirty four now? He's a year older than Messi, isn't He's he? Thirty four, thirty five. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know. You bring in two aging superstars. I, I just don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you can afford to have both of them on the field at the same time. Cause then you have two guys that, you know, don't have the legs to really pull their weight defensively. Yep. So they would struggle. Fun. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's just pretty interesting. There's a lot of speculation here. There's a lot of ugliness that could happen here. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. So, when does the uh, when when does the season actually start? We're looking at you know within two weeks or so, two or three wow. weeks for the Premier League. Okay, at least, yeah, it's ramping up. So, whatever is decided is going to have to be decided quickly. I'm surprised they didn't have a longer break or like tried to delay the next season. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's delayed a little bit, but they don't. I guess they don't want to push things too much. Right. But yeah, it's it's just crazy how quickly this has spiraled out of control. I mean, you can see the club management for a while. It was slowly, slowly happening. But it seems like this last game was, you know, the last straw. Mm-hmm. They, I don't know if you saw the uh, the Champions League, the knockout rounds. Barcelona lost 8-2 to two to Bayern Munich, the team that eventually ended up winning it all. Right. And to make it even, you know, more painful for them is – one of the their highest transfer of all time, their most expensive player, Coutinho, is loaned out to Bayern Munich. He came <laughs> into that game, scored two goals, and assisted one in the eight to two game. So wow, that really sucks. Yeah. So one of the guys they spent all this money on is playing for the other team, advanced further than them, and won it all, and played really well against them. Yeah. Why would they loan him out just to, just for the money? Yeah, well, he he's an interesting one because he was bought, you know, right after Neymar was sold. Right. Kind of expected to be that replacement. And he played well at first, but his play style just doesn't really suit the team very well. It, the team ended up suffering for it. He wasn't playing as well as he would. And his contract is, you know, $25, $30 million a year, something like that. So, you know, rather than pay him that salary just to sit on the bench, they loaned him out and said, you can pay him this money for a year if you want and see how he does and it worked out for them hmm. couldn't couldn't somebody couldn't they loan out Messi to somebody for the year uh, with with his wages that's i don't think that's anyone's going to want to spend that kind of money on a, a gotcha. temporary loan for a player gotcha yeah cuz no i guess no matter what they wouldn't be able to afford the full price um and so Barcelona would still have to pay part of his salary for him not to play for them, which doesn't make much sense either. So yeah, yeah I guess that makes sense. And they've, their finances are just the whole thing started because their board just made so many bad decisions and everyone they've been, the fan clubs have been putting in, you know, votes of no confidence for the president because they want him to resign. Mm-hmm. They're, they're trying to push him out in order to get Messi to stay. The fans have been gathering outside the stadium. Wow. Um, you know, chanting and, you know, hoping that he doesn't leave, pretty much begging him to stay. Wow. But when you look at these numbers, they sold Neymar for $244 million. Then they went and bought Coutinho for $159 million from Liverpool. Then Usman Dembele from Dortmund, they bought young right winger, really talented, but injured all the time, another $151.8 million. Then this year they bought Griezmann from Atletico Madrid, who's another one who's a very good player, but doesn't suit their play style. They've been playing him out of position all year. That was another $132 million. So between they've got all these expensive players and none of them are making any impact. Mm-hmm. That's pretty interesting. That's yeah. scary. It yep. sucks. You look at the age of the team too. And this is, this was another major turning point just this season. They had a very talented young player, Arthur, who's, 24 years old he's been with the team for a couple years he's been he's one of their young promising midfielders and the president sold him pretty much just to balance his books they they transferred him to 
uh, Juventus for something like, what was the amount? Like $70 million just to collect money. And in return, they got Mira Lempianic, who's another midfielder who's very good, but he's 30 years old. He's on the, the wrong side age-wise. He's trending downward. This other kid is just reaching his prime years. Yeah. So they sold off one of their promising guys to get another, you know, aging, declining player who's not really going to help them out. Right. And he's 30 years old. And when you look at their current roster, Luis Suarez, 33 years old. Gerard Piquet, 33 years old. Arturo Vidal, 33 years old. Messi, 33. Ivan Rakitic, 32 years old. Sergio Busquets, 32 years old. Jordi Alba, 31 years old. These are all guys who are playing significant minutes every game and they just don't have the legs for it. They can't keep up. Their window's closing. Just yeah, could be yeah. the end for Barcelona, at least for a while. You know, and I mean after they get rid of Messi, sure they'll have a lot of money to spend, but you know well, we... their recent track record shows that they're not gonna spend that money well. Right. So their transfers haven't been working out and even their academy, La Masia, is one of the most well-renowned, you know, youth development centers for players. And they haven't had many big players coming through. They're not really developing superstar players the way they used to. Yeah. I should, I should let you know, Tim, I only understand like half of what you're saying right now. <laughs> like suddenly we're talking about Lamaze classes or something. I don't know. I'm totally out of it. Yeah, Lamaze is just the name of their, you know, youth development center. Gotcha. That's their academy. Does every team have its own like, academy like center like that or Pretty just a really big one? Oh, okay okay yeah cool yeah most most bigger clubs do so interesting all the premier league clubs do all the all the major leagues all their teams have you know youth development they bring them they usually have you know a second team they have an under 23 team under 19s yep so they always have guys coming down the pipe how's uh how's your team looking the spurs they're looking okay they yeah. struggled for a long time they're replaced their manager, brought in Jose Mourinho, who is a, uh, a very public figure. Everybody knows him very well, love him or hate him. Yep. But they've made some good moves already this season. They, they brought in Pierre-Emile Hoiberg, who's a, a new defensive-minded midfielder, which is the one thing the team really lacked because, you know, the other team would just come right down the middle and just attack and, you know, with no protection there, they're coming right at your defender's they're running straight through at your last line of defense there. So he, you know, led the league in, um, in ball recoveries from midfield. So he's, he's going to break up a lot of plays, make a lot of interceptions, a lot of tackles and, you know, set up the other guys to do their thing. The guys that are more attacking minded. Right. They got um, a name that you might recognize. Joe Hart used to be the man city goalie. Yeah. They brought him in as a backup. Now he's okay been declining for some time but he's he's a proven winner he's experienced and he's a very vocal leader so they're hoping that he can Mm -hmm. you know help bring these guys to the next level even if he's not playing in games as often yeah and just today they confirmed a new right back matt doherty who is going to replace who probably will be sold but hasn't yet serge aurier who is a bit of a spark plug he's he's always flying up and down the right wing as right back but he gets caught out of position a lot. He makes bad decisions. So seems like another good piece of business so far. Okay. Well, maybe you got a, uh, a hot season ahead. Who knows? Yeah. And the Hotspur documentary comes out tomorrow on Amazon. A little oh. plug there. There's a documentary? What, like about what? Just their history? Or? About, you know, kind of documenting this most recent season that they've had. Oh, okay. And of course, it's the worst time to do it because – this is their worst season in a couple of years now. And the past few right. seasons they've been, they were overachieving like crazy. Right. So now all of a sudden you've got, you know, the team on the decline and it's all going to be there for everyone's viewing pleasure. Are you sure you want to watch that? I don't know if I would. I don't really want to, but I, I guess I'll have no choice but to watch it. <laughs> well, I guess that's what fandom is. I remember, um, the NHL used to do, remember like the road to the winter classic series. I don't know if they still do those. I haven't seen it in a while. The first time they did it, it was Penguins Capitals. And it was like, oh, this is really cool. And they documented it was like four weeks going into the Winter Classic between the two teams. And like the the whole first three episodes are like, Penguins are doing really good. Like Capitals are doing really bad. Like, this is awesome. I love this series. (laughs) And then the Penguins got killed in that game. Uh. And it was like, 
I don't even want to watch the, the last episode anymore because I know what's going to happen. You're just forcing yourself to relive it. <laughs> right. Like, I'm not watching this. It's garbage. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd have the nuts to watch a show like that, to be honest yeah. with you. Well, at the very least, you know, Jose Mourinho is going to be good for a bunch of priceless quotes. So That's that fair. part of it will be interesting. At That's least. fair. It's good meme material. Oh, yeah. All right, Timmy. Well, per usual – it was a pleasure having you on the show. I actually had a post-it note for like two years on my desk that uh, the last, I think the last time you were on might have been when we did the world cup. I can't remember. I think uh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. And so I had a note that said, uh, I wrote it during the show that said, talk to Tim for world cup in four years. And so <laughs> I lost the post-it note, but in two more years, right. Is it next, uh, 2022 2022 yeah yeah so 2022 we're gonna chat world cup yeah and all the players next year we've got the european championships now that was supposed to be this summer but it got pushed to next year so we're getting two major tournaments in back-to-back summers oh that's exciting too yeah cool i like that i like that yeah 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 um oh and we was we would have also had the olympics this year too yeah which kind of stinks but it's a, uh, yeah, I don't know Always what's going to happen to that. What's that? Always look forward to the Olympics. Yeah, for sure. It's not, a, you know, Olympics, not as exciting as the world cup, but still, hmm. still some, I wonder how many people are, you know, tired of hearing about this whole saga by now. Well, that's well, also that, true. It's, it's the only thing that anyone in the soccer world is talking about right now. How long has this been going on for? I don't even know. Uh, not very long. It's been, oh, okay. It's really picked up in the past week or so. There were, you know, rumblings and rumors that he could end up leaving because of the way things have been playing out. But it's really picked up steam the past week or so. And it's just, it's such big news that it's all that you're seeing. Really? I mean, I just got, I, I think I only found out because I happened to pick up like a article on ESPN about it. And I was like, Oh, Mm. uh, that seems really important. I should talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy for a number of reasons, all kinds of things that I didn't even get into. Yeah. I mean, they, they signed him to the academy when he was 13 years old. He's been with the club for 20 years. Oh my God, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. That's crazy. And then I would say the thing, too, that his last game was that game where they got destroyed 8-2. to two. They ended the season without winning any trophies or anything, and he didn't even get a send-off. There were no fans in the stadium in his last game for the team. Yeah, that's a shame. There really is. I mean... I don't blame the guy, you know, he's, he's been doing this since he was 13 years old. Like this is his last chance, his last couple of years, maybe to win. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people for a while were saying, Oh, he's going to threaten to leave just to, he was pretty much saying, Oh, I'm going to leave if the president doesn't resign because something needed to change and they couldn't get him out of there. Mm -hmm. But apparently they're saying now, even if the president resigns, he's already made up his mind. He's still leaving. You think he would? Uh, do you think he would retire into the uh, to MLS at all? That was one of the rumors about the contract. The stories were coming out that he was going to sign a five-year contract with Man City, and the first three years would be with Manchester City, and the last two years would be with NYCFC. I'd be okay with that. That would be pretty incredible. Yeah. I don't think they would do that, though. I don't know. That's the thing that bothers me about. NYCFC being owned by Manchester City, it almost feels like they're a farm team to them sometimes. Yeah. But it, it does give them access to, to good players. Yeah, and both New York teams are like that. NYCFC and, and New York Red Bulls, they're owned by the Red Bull Corporation, and Red Bull themselves own a number of other teams throughout the world. Oh, really? Well, yeah, yeah that's true. I thought, but I thought, um, I thought the New York Red Bulls were like their best team that they own. Is that no, a- no. Oh, really? No. R- RB Leipzig is in the Bundesliga. They made it to the semifinals of the Champions League this year. Oh, wow. Okay. They're their best team. They have Leipzig. They have Salzburg in Austria. They have a couple of teams. It's just weird that an energy drink owns a bunch of soccer teams. Yeah. Red Bull is a really weird company the way they've gone into like they're all in on soccer investing in this they're investing in you know extreme sports and stuff like mm-hmm. you know all kind all the weird like obscure extreme sports things they're into yeah really weird it's like x games type stuff and then they have formula one also they have a formula one team 
car racing. That's they a good point. And everything. I mean, yeah, yeah. I they I guess they do have their hand in everything. Actually, did you ever watch um, Formula One? Has a show on Netflix. I haven't seen that yet. The Drive to Survive. It's actually really good. Like I'm not what I what I like about Formula One. Uh, I'm not really into racing, but all the background stuff, like the money being moved around and like who's involved in what, is actually really cool. Yeah, I've been following it casually for a couple of years now. I'm slowly getting more and more into it as I go along. Mm-hmm. And I, there's a lot of interesting stuff to it. I mean, sitting down and watching those races is not the most exciting thing to me, but at least it's different from NASCAR where there's different tracks and different circuits and things. There's, it seems like there's a lot of different things at play. There's a lot of different teams. I, I find it pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, the pr- main problem that's for right now is that Lewis Hamilton wins every race and he's just making it boring for everybody else. Well, that's just it. Is it's you? It's a sport that's typically dominated by one team for what could be years until somebody develops a car that can beat that car. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's all the engineering. It was Ferrari for a long time, and now mm-hmm. Mercedes has been untouchable for a number of years. Um, all right. Well. With that, special thanks as usual to Johanna Drago. She's the content designer, logo designer, and set designer. She's not doing a great job on my podcast. She is also my wife. Special thanks as usual to my social social media warriors, Mary Kay Albert, Gary Albert. Um, uh, who else is out there? Joe Calabro, Jorge Pajares. They always listen in on this stuff. Uh, special thanks, of course, to Timothy, Mr. Nunzig for joining us again on the show. Tim, thank you, thank you. It's been a thrill as always. Oh, of course. And the music you hear for the program is a song called Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. A link to his website can be found in the show notes. With that, make sure you find me on SoundCloud, Twitter, YouTube, and the Facebook. Just type in Sports, Sports, Sports with Nick Drago. That's me. Or you can email me directly, sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. It's quicker than... Uh, go into the grocery store. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't social media very well, people. Like, comment, share, subscribe, and uh, comment. Did I say that one? I don't know. Do all those things that you guys like to do. You can TikTok me and you can jick jock me, but don't even try to blip flop me. And uh, all right, that's it. I got poop. Any, uh, any last comments, Timothy? I think you pretty much closed it as only you could. (laughs) (laughs) All right, friends. Thanks so much for joining us and have a wonderful week. See you next Sunday.